Shalom, we're up to Masechus Nadarim Daf Nun Hey. Today's Daf discusses someone who makes a nether on grains. What does that include? We discuss what alalta means. Then we have a couple of drushes uh, describing how someone needs to be humble in order to learn Torah. Some of the keys of being matzliach and learning Torah. What the halachic uh, status is of a mushroom. Does it grow from the ground, from the ear? Then we have another mission that addresses someone who makes a nether on clothing. What sorts of clothing does that include? And that finishes with halacha that you have to take a neder into the context of when the neder was made into account to decide what's included in it. We begin with a mission that tells us that if someone makes a neder on dogon, on grain, he's ushered to eat dried Egyptian beans because they would use that to make flour. That's only according to Rabbi Meir, though. The Chachamim said that's not usher. The only thing that would be included in grain is the chameshes mine dogim. Rabbi Meir says, if someone makes another on Tavua, that only includes the Chameshes Mine Dagon. However, if he makes another on Dagon, that would ask for everything besides for uh, fruits and vegetables. Now, the Gemara says that it sounds like from our Mishnah that Dagon means anything that can be made into a grain, into flour. But Rabbi Yosef challenges that, and he says, the Pasuk says, V'chifrei Tzadavar Heru Yisrael Rashis Dogon Tiresh Vietzar. And then it says, Vicholtvuas Sade Hakola Rovhevyu. This is from Divrei Yamin, which actually speaks Belashan Bene Adam. So we can learn from there to Nidarim. Now, if you're gonna tell me that Dogon means anything that can be turned into grain, then why does the Pasuk need to also say Vichifroit Hadavar Hirbu? That sounds like it's redundant. It should be already included. But my answer is that we added the second part to include even fruits and vegetables, which are also required uh, for Tumas Tumasris. Now, Rabbi Echanan clarifies the Machlech said a missionary. He says that everyone agrees that if someone makes another on Tvua, that included in Tvua is only the Chameshah's Mine Dogon. We also have a Brisa that says, like that, it says that uh, if someone makes another on Tvua, that only includes the Chameshah's Aminin. Gamar asks, okay, that sounds pretty pasha. What's the, what's the chiddush here? Because I might think that tvua includes everything. Any produce. And therefore, the pasuk, the, the brisa, is clarifying that it's only the chavesha saminin. Rabbi Yosef asks, I, the pasuk says, v'chifretz adover, here we Israel, where tvua does in fact include everything. So Rava answers, Tvua is one thing. Tvuas sada is something else. Tvuas sada includes everything. Just tvua means only the chameshes minin. Next, Bar Mar Shmuel wrote in his will that he wants to give thirteen thousand zuz to Rava from the alalta of Nahar Panya. Now the question is, what is the alalta that Rava is allowed to take these thirteen thousand zuz from? Rava asked Rav Yosef, "What's alalta?" Rabbi Yosef answers, we have in a Mishnah. See, Al-Alta generally sounds like any profit, any revenue, which should also include any produce that goes up in value. Rabbi Yosef brings the, responded with the Brisa that said that everyone agrees by Nidarim that if someone makes an edger on Tavua, that, that, that Tavua only includes the Chamesh Saminin. So Abai says, how can you compare Tavua to Al-Alta? Tavua can mean Alalta can mean everything, all payres, not just the five grains. So when this got back to Rava, he said, I don't think that alalta means 
any revenue. The question is whether real estate or buying boats would count as a lalta. Do we say that maybe uh, real estate can plummet and the value of the house or the boats could go down, therefore it doesn't count as a lalta, as revenue, as profit? Or maybe since you know, you're looking at a house and it's just as good a, as a house as it was a week ago before the market crashed, that doesn't count as it going down in value. Does that still categorize as a lalta? When they said this over to Rabbi Yosef, he said, if Rabbi already knew that Alalta includes everything, then why is he asking me? And Rabbi Yosef was annoyed. When Rabbi heard that Rabbi Yosef was upset at him, he went to visit him on Erevim Kippur and he found that Ashamish was pouring him some wine. And Rabbi happened to have been a master wine diluter. So he asked Ashamish, let me do the dilution. So he poured Rabbi Yosef a cup of wine diluted. And when Rabbi Yosef drank it, he, he exclaimed, Oh, this is Mamish, the dilution of Rava Bereid Rabbi Yosef Bar Chama is delicious. So Rava says, Yep, that's me, I'm here. Hello. Rabbi Yosef says, Don't you sit down until you give me a parish of this Pasuk. Why does the Pasuk say, Those places where Klaisol traveled aren't mentioned in Nasai where it lists all of their travels. What's the Torah telling us with these places mentioning? Rava explained, what these places are telling us is a message about learning Torah in the Midbar. Once a person makes himself like a Midbar, totally humble, the dirt in the city outside of a desert has use because you can grow things, but the dust of a desert, you can't even grow things in. If he makes himself that humble, then all of the Torah will be given to him as a matana. That's what the Pasuk says, umi midbar matana. And once it's given to him as a, as a matana, that is the nachala of Hashem, the inheritance, inheritance of Hashem. That's why it says, nachliel. And once he gets that nachala, he will rise to greatness. Umi nachliel bamoisa. Bamo is a high place. However, if he is magbi himself, he makes himself high and haughty, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will lower him. Because that's why the Pasuk says, umi bamois. Haggai. Haggai is a valley. Hashem will take him down from the high place into the valley. And not only that, he'll end up being sunk into the ground. He'll be sunken like the, like the steps of the threshold to a house. But if he ever does tshuva and he comes back from his gaiva, then HaKadosh Baruch will raise him right back up. Kol Next thing Mara says, if someone makes a nether on Dogon, that will also include dried Egyptian beans, which can be flour, ground into flour. Although he can have them when they're still moist, when they're not dried out. He's also allowed to have rice or uh, these different types of crumbled wheat kernels. If someone makes an either on the fruit of the year, then any fruit that grows that year is usher. However, he could still eat from goats and lambs, milk, eggs, and chicken. However, if he says anything that grows this year, then even those products will be usher. If someone makes a nether on Peris or Aretz, then all of the fruit of the land will be usher to him, but he can still have truffles and mushrooms, because those apparently don't grow from the land, from Aretz. However, if he says, anything that grows on the ground, then even the truffles and mushrooms will be usher. The Gemara says, Really? We learned that we make a bracha on anything that doesn't grow from the ground. And the Brisa says that salt or salt water 
or truffles and mushrooms, you make a shahakal, you see, that they're not gidule karka. Why are you saying that if the guy makes an edder on gidule karka, things that grow on the ground, that would include mushrooms? Abai answers, yes. They get nourished, they get some of their nourishment from the ground, but they get their, but they get their nutrients from the ear. Even if they're not on the ground, they can still gather the nutrients from, without being attached. That's one way to understand the Gemara. They're not rooted in the ground. Aye. That still sounds like it's Gedule Karka. It st- st- sounds like it grows from the Aretz. Shouldn't you make a Hadama on it? The Gemara says, no. You have to rephrase that Mishnah and say that anything that doesn't get nutrients from the ground, they get their nutrients from the air, that'll be Shahako. In the next Mishnah, the Mishnah tells us that if someone makes a neder for on ksus, on clothing, he's still allowed to wear sackcloth or these other materials that aren't, that aren't used to make clothing. But if he makes a neder on uh, tsema, on wool, he's still allowed to use wool shearings because we assume that wool means clothing. He's referring to clothing, not just chunks of shorn wool. If he, so too, if he makes a neder on linen, so he would be allowed to use uh, strands of linen, just not as clothing. Not if it was turned into clothing, just the, the raw material, it's still mutter. If you this says, it depends on the context. If the guy who made the neder is schlepping clothing and he's schwitzing, and the smell is bothering him, either of the sweat or of the clothing, and he makes a, a neder against wool or linen, he's still allowed to wear it, He's just not allowed to carry it because the nether that he made clearly was against carrying it and having that schwitz. Now the Gemara brings a bride to that says that if someone makes an nether on clothing, he's allowed to wear the sackcloth, those materials that aren't made into clothing. However, it's, he's still usher to get enough from a money belt, a wide belt, uh, leather jackets, uh, leather socks or shoes, uh, pants or a hat. Those are included in clothing. One of the things listed was a skorti in Rabobar, Barchan explains that that's a, a leather shirt. In the Brisa, we learn that if a guy, on, on Shabbos, one is allowed to walk outside an Eruv wearing a, a thick sack or a, a bit of a thinner material sack with a, a leather sort of a poncho to, prepare, to protect him from the rain. However, he can't go out carrying a box uh, a basket or something like that to, to protect himself from the rain. However, because that would be carrying, that's not a garment. You're only allowed to go out wearing clothing. However, a, the shepherds are allowed to go out wearing bags, the sackcloth. The truth is anyone can. It's just the Chachamim didn't mention it because nobody does that. That's, that's just a shepherd's thing. Nervi Huda had said, you have to look at the context of the guy schlepping the clothing that he's making his nether against schlepping, not wearing. We bring in a brisa. To clarify Rev Yehuda's psak, that if someone is wearing wool and it's bothering him and he makes a neder against wool, that neder disallows him to wear, to wear wool, but he's still allowed to carry it. That's not what the neder covers. However, if he was schlepping this wool or this linen and he makes the neder against the linen, that neder is going on schlepping. It's not going on wearing it. He would still be allowed to wear it. Now, He's just ushered to schlep it. Because since that's what he was doing when he made the neder, that's what we assume his neder was going on. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.